Alrighty, dude, I just know I'm gonna have to color grade this one hard. I, I can just see the whiteness. I went to the I went to the beach and got like no sun. You went to the beach last last week? I went to the beach last week, yeah. So tell me about your week, what did you do? That's right, we're hopping right into the podcast. I didn't even plan that. I was just talking about how white I am on camera. But yeah, no, I was on, I was on vacation, it was my birthday last week. It was pretty awesome, pretty fun. Went on a Disney cruise. Mm -hmm. And for those who don't know, I love all things Disney. And uh, yeah, my Christmas tree is entirely Disney. A little bit of a Disney attic. So part of my uh, financial future is to allocate certain funds for more Disney trips. And more Disney like cruises and the Cru parks. And the parks, yeah. I'd like to go to um, the Disney in Japan. Be, I know you're heading that way. Uh, I will be heading you're that way. I will take lots way. of photos for you. Uh, um, we're going to try to do both parks. That's cool. Have you seen anything about the, the sea parks? I know nothing about it. I've heard a little bit about it, but not too much. I know there's a hotel. It's the only Disney property that has a hotel in the park. Oh. Which is kind of cool. So, like, rather than, like, oh, wake up, take a trolley, a tram, an Uber, monorail to the park, you wake up, you're like, let's go to the park, and you're in the park, which is... Uh, that's pretty freaking cool. Isn't it true that at the one in California, you can actually pay to stay in the Cinderella Castle? Isn't that like in the park? It's so much money. Okay, so it's you can do so it. so much money. Okay. Is it yeah. like ball out? I, I'm not, I don't know if it's in uh, Disneyland or Disney. I think it's Disney World. Because mm -hmm. the Disneyland uh, Castle is it's actually very small. Oh, okay. It's very small. A lot of forced perspective to make it seem bigger. Uh, but the one in Disney World's huge. Like it has a full restaurant in it and everything. It's very large. But... Um, yeah, week, week has been good. Week has been good. Um, Loki got food poisoning, but that's okay. Was that from the cruise or? That was, that was, okay. So, okay. We're going to, we're going to go off on a little tangent real quick. We'll, we'll get back to the financial stuff exactly, eventually. But. Exactly. So, uh, it was my birthday. We went to this wonderful steakhouse, uh, called Paolo on mm -hmm. the ship. And, uh, this one steak, it's my, my favorite steak. It's called a cowboy steak. Oh, okay. Is it with cowboy butter? It, it is with cowboy butter, and it's, and it's huge. So good. It was like, dude, it was so massive. It was it was like one person could not eat this. Uh, so uh, I went out with my mom because that's who I travel with and stuff. So we got the steak, and mom likes it rare. I like it medium rare. The chef said I can do half rare, half medium rare, and he brought it out on a nice your, plate. Your mom it. is my kind of woman. Oh, dude, it was rare. It was... It like, was... Like scary rare? It was, it was very pink. <laughs> it was very pink. Um, and it just didn't, it didn't agree with her. Didn't agree oh. with her. So she was sick. She was, she was, you know, it's funny. You know, you think of like food on a Disney cruise would not be that good. It's actually really good. But this time we just, we didn't hit the lottery on this one. So I, I'm usually between rare and medium rare. That's mm -hmm. where I want to be. And I've always tried to figure out how do I describe that? Like, and I didn't know, but there's a thing which called Rare Plus. Exactly. It's right yep. between. I went to yep. a steakhouse and they're like, yep. oh, you just want Rare Plus? Like, is that, that's a name? That's a thing. Yes. Yeah. That's what I want. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. It's, um, I'm a medium guy. I don't like to see too much pink. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, not a, not big on not big on that, but I do love cooking steaks. I love grilling, all that fun stuff. It's you know a classic guy move. You know, it's like, yeah. You know, it, it would be weird for me not to say I don't like grilling. Um, but yeah, that's 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 how my week was. It was good. It was solid, and um, yeah, not too much. How was uh, how was your week? Oh, my week was really good. We actually, um, you went on your vacation, so mm -hmm. I thought I should go on a vacation too. I, I love it. I love um, it. So we went to Cancun. Awesome. Uh, we went with some of our, our really good friends uh, from out in Texas. I know you guys are watching, so hey guys. Um, yeah, so we went out there. We got to stay at a four-star hotel in Cancun right on the beach. Uh, I got to do a lot of 
scuba diving or uh, snorkeling, which I really like to do. Love um, Got to do some jet skiing. Um, First time or? No, I, I. You love jet skiing. I like the jet ski. Yeah. Who, who doesn't love jet skiing? Dude, it's just throttle. Like It's <laughs> so much fun. It's pure throttle. You you're, enjoy yourself as you're running to the rocks. Like, yeah. Ah. Yeah. It goes so fast. Yeah. And my wife, um, so we we took out two jet skis they they the couple had theirs we had ours mm-hmm. and we were having a lot of fun and my wife she went first and she was her and both the girls were driving nice and slow and of course they're yeah. going fast but they weren't like turning cautious yeah and then it was time for the boys to ride so my friend and i we both got on the jet skis and my wife's like chris you, you need to drive fine conservatively because <laughs> she's holding the gopro which had a had a wristband on it of course, yeah. um but her sunglasses she didn't she forgot to bring her little strappies yeah and I'm like, don't worry, dear. I know what I'm doing. And I just, <laughs> I gun the heck out of it. Uh, um, so we're having fun, and me and me and the other guy, we're doing figure eights. We're like trying to wake, we're trying to jump over oh, each other's gnarly. legs. Oh my god! Uh, so I'm gunning it as fast as I can, and I I turn hard, and I say my wife counterleans me, and my wife says I just don't know how to drive, and we end up just getting <laughs> ejected off. Both of, of you? Yeah, we both we both flew off. That's hilarious. It wasn't bad. It was. You know, the video makes it look worse. Uh, yeah, my wife has a pretty good Instagram story of, oh of the fall. Oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, we got taken <laughs> off. And then the first thing I come up, my wife just goes, you did it. You, This is your fault. This is your fault. Um, and I look at her. I'm like, where's your glasses? And she's like, oh, no. So we're looking on the floor. And thank goodness the water in Cancun is crystal clear. Oh, thank goodness. Well, pretty darn clear. But we had no goggles. So I'm like looking down. I'm like, I, and we're about like probably 10 to 15 feet above the like That's the floor too bad no but i can see it but i'm like I, so i dove down and i'm like trying to touch and i'm trying to look but you know everything's blurry yeah. and you're looking for like thin ray-ban sunglasses my wife wears those really really the nice ones yeah. Yeah, the, yeah so i'm like trying to feel i'm like i can't feel it so luckily our friends went in they grabbed the uh they went to the the guys who rented us the jet skis mm-hmm. they gave us a snorkel set they came back out threw it to me um but during that time when i was trying to like wait over the water the current had moved me so oh, for no. 30 minutes of our hour-long uh, yeah, jet ski thing. Yeah. I was just searching the water trying to find these sunglasses. Uh, later on, I when I got the goggles on, right below me was this giant stingray. Really? Yeah, huge stingray. Yikes. So when I was down there, like petting the ground trying to find <laughs> the thing, I could have very easily oh my. Uh, had a Steve Irwin moment. Ooh. And uh, But luckily, everything was fine. It took me 30 minutes. I was able to locate the you sunglasses. I found their sunglasses. No one got hurt. My wife is fine. I'm fine. But it was great. Uh, yeah, I really like going to the Mexico uh, to mm-hmm. travel. Um, I think it's one of those places that a lot of people think is really dangerous, but yeah. kind of everywhere is dangerous. But the, what I do love is the food and the experience and the people. Mm-hmm. It is probably one of the best places that I like to go. I love that. I yeah. love that. I, and Spanish speaking, do you speak Spanish down there? Or? I don't speak a lick of Spanish, but I really need to learn. Um, I'm half Hawaiian, half Mexican, but I, I kind of fall more to the Hawaiian side. But my wife, she uh, she was in Costa Rica for three years. Uh, oh, she, nice. yeah, she, she lived there for a while. So she speaks fluent Spanish. My wife is about as white as you are. So when we're in <laughs> Spanish, we're in Mexico, people come to me and obviously think I speak Spanish. So they start speaking to me in Spanish and I go, I'm so sorry. No comprendo. Let me get you. Uh, let me get you over to my white wife who can uh, speak for me. That's awesome. And my favorite thing to say is, uh, you know, habla español. I go, ah, taquito. Taquito. <laughs> so then they go, just poco. Yeah, yeah, very you, you're an idiot. And uh, then they walk away. Uh, I would. I wish I was a fly on the wall for that trip. That sounds like a lot of fun. We also got pulled over by the policia. Okay, there you go. And that was terrifying. A little bit scary. It was the real police, thank God, so they didn't do a shakedown or anything, but they did have us get out of the car. They searched the entire vehicle. Really? I thought I was going. Like They lined us up on the side of the road. No kidding. Yep. Really? Yes, yeah, so we went to a cenote, and we were at uh, a cenote. is like these huge water, or like 
they're freshwater pools just inside okay. of caves and stuff. Oh, okay. So we went to one. Um, we were doing some cave jumping or cave diving and everything. Um, and then we were driving back, myself and the other gentleman, we were inside the front seats and the girls were in the back. And he had no shirt on because we had just came from this cenote. I had taken my pants off, so I just had my, my compression shorts on and a towel. So I have to imagine when we pulled up, the cop, it's dark, it's getting dark at this point. The cop starts speaking to me in Spanish. And I'm like, I don't know what he's saying. And my wife rolled down the window. She's like, don't talk to him. Talk to me. Don't talk to him. He doesn't understand you. Talk to me. But the cop just keeps pointing his flashlight at my face and, and speaking to me in Spanish. And I'm just like, I don't know what you're saying. And then he's just like, pull over. So he must have seen like two guys in the front seat, like one not wearing shirt, one not wearing pants. He's like, it's a little suspicious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of suspicious. This guy refusing to talk. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a little strange. Yeah, so they pull us over and they, they did the whole thing. They inspected us. Um, but one of the cops, when we were, they, they had my wife and my wife was, he, the, he had them watch her or she had him, he had her watch him search the car to like make sure he didn't plant any drugs or anything, uh -huh. which was really like cool. Yeah. And then when we were sitting in the back, like in our little lineup, the other officer was writing in Google Translate to like ask us questions. Like, mm -hmm. where are you from? And when we started doing that, I was like, okay, these are just nice guys. Yeah. They just want to go home to their family. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> Please just. That would be nice. Yeah. yeah. We don't want the Phi Guy podcast. I'm not trying to, not trying to rebrand at all. Yeah. Not trying to be a solo podcaster. But. So that was my crazy week, and uh, now we're back. And uh, I have a, sh a slight rasp in my throat. I went to jujitsu this morning. I mm -hmm. uh, just want to let the audience know. Um, yeah, we were practicing uh, the paper cutter choke, and I just got a little bit too much on the trachea. So yeah. um, that's my voice is a little bit off. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to Google that. I don't want you to show me, but uh, you still have to go to jujitsu with me. I'll show you then. Ah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I feel like it's funny. We're like ten minutes into the pod. And uh, I feel like we could go on pop culture stuff. We could have a whole pop culture like podcast talking about books, uh, Jocko Willing, yeah. uh, extreme ownership, you know, jujitsu, fine. Like I, we could, we could go off and do a lot of different things. But. We could. But what I say we do for the audience's sakes, because we we have gone farther than what I wanted to <laughs> with this. But hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, let's just kind of go into what we're here to talk about today. Uh, you know. I think last week in the pod, we introduced the Phi Crash Course, yes. something I'm super excited about. This is going to be probably a 12 to 14 part, mm -hmm. 14 part episodes Episode. yeah. with each one focusing on a different portion. Last week, uh, if you haven't heard it, please go back and listen to it. It's about discovering your why for Phi or like we used to call it the Wi-Fi. Yep. Yep. I, lo I love that. <laughs> That's so good. We're very corny over here. And then in this one, I think, you know, it's going to be probably one of the most action-oriented ones. And it's kind of your step-by-step -step guide to financial independence and finding your actual financial independence numbers. Absolutely. And, you know, what that's going to mean is going in and calculating what the 4% rule is. 4%. What is your FI number? Yep. Introducing the blueprint to FI and then the importance of saving for financial independence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we have definitely a lot of stuff to talk about today. A lot of stuff. Do you want to get right into it? Yeah, so let's buckle up and we'll uh, get ready for some financial wisdom dropped by Dom and Chris. All righty. Well, segment one is exploring your financial independence. This is absolutely pinnacle for getting to your five. Do you want to talk a little bit about what were uh, the bullet points for segment one? Yeah, of course. So again, it's what what is five? I think a lot of people, when they hear about financial independence, they think of, oh, well, I'm not going to be financially independent. I don't own a yacht. I can't purchase my own private island, can't fly private jets. And that's not what FI is. That's not what FI means to me. No. And I'm not sure if that's that's probably what FI means to you. What FI means to me is being able to rely or be able to cover my costs of living without relying on a regular paycheck. Exactly. Yeah. So that means that I have assets 
mm-hmm. that are able to pay me enough to cover my cost of living. So there's a few parts of the equation here. Number one, I need to have enough assets to cover those things. But another two is I need to be sure that my living expenses are low enough that those can cover it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of an offense and a defensive play at the same time. It's yeah. just a game, you know, and Chris and I talk about this all the time where the way to make finance more fun, if you're not just a nerdy finance guy like us, uh, is to gamify it, you know, and, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be boring. It can be fun, you know, it can be like, it can be exciting. Like finance is exciting and the more exciting you make it, the more you're going to actually get towards that financial goal. Yeah, so if you think of the, the offense and the defense, I like to think of a, a teeter-totter. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's on one side of the teeter-totter, there's the expenses, mm-hmm. or how much you spend, and then there's the how much you make. Yeah. And what we're trying to do is trying to weigh them often and then we're kind of go from there. But that means that the annual expenses is crucial for finding your, your fine number. Because the lower you can make that annual expenses number, how much you spend a year, mm-hmm. the lower your fine number needs to be. Yeah, and that has to do with something we talked about on the last podcast with uh, the rule of 25 you're mm-hmm. saying. Do you want to explain that real quick? Yeah, we'll talk about that right now. Uh, so the rule of 25 is if you find your what your expenses are on an average year, okay. you times that number by 25. Yep. That is the rule of 25. I like to call it the rule of thumb of 25 because... It's, yeah, it's yeah. general. It is it's general. Not, it's not, you know, everything in finance, it's funny, it's interesting. Funny and interesting. There's so many ways to play the game. Yep. You know, there's not just one way to score. There's different goals. There's different ways to get to the end zone. Uh, a lot of a lot of game references today. I'm not sure why that is. Uh, it's Saturday. Football's coming up tomorrow. But uh, there's definitely a lot of ways. There's no one set path. And that's what I love about finance. Because mm-hmm. I was talking to my dad about this yesterday. We were talking about real estate. And he was talking about debt. And he was saying... You know, all debt's bad. And I was like, actually, not all debt's bad. It depends on how you use it, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's getting down the rabbit hole of debt, uh, you know, and leveraging debt to have assets that pay you so you can get closer to your financial independence number. But, um, yeah, no, that's definitely uh, not sure where I was going with that. But No, you're you're exactly right. There are many different ways of achieving financial independence. There's so many different ways of making money, different Mm -hmm. ways to invest your money. You know, I've done done options trading. Mm -hmm. I've, I've done credit spreads. I've done all the different ways and I've found the way that works for me. But not to say that any of one of those were wrong. No. Because they were all right and they could all do it. Like there's quantum investing, you know, yep. there's technical investing. There's so many different types. And I think a lot of people, they'll get, they'll hear all these terms and just be like, oh, I don't even want to do any of them. But you can keep it as simple as you possibly can. Or if you don't know what you're doing, hire a financial advisor, have someone to help you out there to make sure that you're doing it. But what's more important than trying to be smarter than the average investor mm-hmm. is working on your habits. Yes, that's super key. Yeah, if you're uh, you know, just blowing all of your earned income on, dare I say, Amazon purchases, uh, we all know at least one person, you might be that person, not gonna call anybody out. Amazon's very tempting these days. But yeah, definitely uh, curating your habits to reflect your overall goal is pinnacle to success. Yeah. Pinnacle. You yeah. gotta you gotta control the short term uh, actions for long-term gains. All the financial success is mostly habits and psychology, the way mm-hmm. that the way that you just show up. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to continuously show up. So getting on to segment number two, if you're ready to move mm-hmm. on, uh, the rule of, I was going to say the rule of four, but the 4% rule and its role in financial independence. 
So the rule, the four percent rule, and we're going to get a little bit back into the rule of twenty-five. But the four percent rule was done by the Trinity study, um, where a bunch of university professors found that if you have um, sufficient assets, which is twenty-five times your annual in, or times your annual expenses, you okay. can withdraw four percent from that per year mm-hmm. and have a ninety-nine or a ninety to ninety-nine percent chance of never running out of that money. Okay, so you're basically saying uh, I have my annual expenses. You multiply that number by 25, okay, and basically you can withdraw 4% of that Mm -hmm. every year and never run out of money. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. I hope that was simple enough for the homies at home. Uh, Yeah. And and, and it should also, the nice thing about that is it should also keep up with inflation. Yes. Yes. So you're pulling 4% out. Inflation is, it varies, but. We're going to roughly say 3%. 3%. Uh, and the market goes up roughly 7%. 7 7% on the low end. So you still have that 3% cushion. Mm-hmm. Take 4% out. You still have the 3% to fight inflation. All that fun stuff. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so that's how you calculate that. Um, you know, just the relationship there for that. Again, it comes back to making sure that your annual expenses are low enough to be able to help to offset how, how high your number needs to be to be able mm-hmm. to reach that 4% rule. Yeah, because the higher your expenses the further you have to go mm-hmm. to save. You know, like uh, we're going to talk about a little bit later at the end of the podcast, the win of the week, we're actually going to revert back to this uh, whole thing. Uh, but it's definitely the more you have in expenses, the more you have to save, the more you have to plan for, you know. And that's definitely, there's no, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you can lower your expenses as much as possible, you can get to your goal faster of becoming financially independent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so lowering your expenses is dramatic for reaching your target number for phi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how can we calculate our phi number? Well, we talked about it a little bit again, but I want to just make sure that we really explain it to the audience. So it's 25 times your annual expenses. Okay. So expenses means however much you spend. Yep, groceries, utilities, car payments, rent, like mortgage, all that kind of stuff. Anything where money is going out. Yeah. And a thing that I like to make sure that we preface is that a lot of people will say, well, there's this, that one-time expense. Oh, I forgot that I had to pay mm-hmm. for uh, for the car's renewal registration. Yeah, or, tires. Or, the tires know. or I broke my leg. But exactly. That's just a one-time thing. You know, GTA 6 came out. It's a one-time purchase. I needed know? it. I needed it. I've been waiting for 10 years. So what we can do on like those one-time purchases that a lot of people don't put in. So the, a lot of people, they can usually say like, oh, my budget's like $2,000. But then when you look at the end of the year, they ended up spending like $60,000. Like, well, where where did the other money come from? (laughs) And they're like, well, I had that one trip to Vegas and that one trip to there and this one trip to there. And and I had to buy all these things. So if you have those one-off expenses, life is going to happen. You have to start to account for those life expenses. So what I will do is if there's, say, car registration only comes once a year, Mm -hmm. take that, divide it by 12, and average it out over the 12 months. Makes sense. Easy. Yeah. So uh, calculating your fine number and also tracking, you know, every dollar and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that's super important. Thankfully, we don't really need to do Excel spreadsheets. You know, shout out to my dad. He does, uh, he has like the checkbook, you know, every time he writes a check, mm-hmm. it, you know, he balances the checkbook. I'm like, dad, the internet exists. He's like, ah, I don't do that computer stuff. I'm like, okay, dad, you do you. You know, like I said, there's many ways to play the game and he's happy. You know? As long as he's happy. And like, like you said, there are so many different ways. You could honestly, if you want to track your expenses with, with pen and paper, mm-hmm. if that's what works for you, do it. Yeah. But we are in a little bit different of a time, so there are easier ways. Um, I like Mint and the Wine app. Love those. Uh, those are good ones. And they're, they're constantly coming out with new ones every single day. Yeah. 
Yeah, it seems like it seems like every app that has something to do with money is getting into every space. Mm-hmm. Every app is trying to be everything. Yeah, I even have an app um, which I sent to you recently uh, called Finan- or Elements Financial mm-hmm. Planning. Yep. Um, that one's cool. Yep. That one's pretty cool. Yeah, that one's really cool, and I give that away to my clients. You know, I'm thinking maybe maybe one day what we'll do like a, a, maybe, a breakdown. A, yeah, a breakdown. Maybe like a giveaway where I'll Ooh, be give cool. it away to some of, my, like some of the audience. Yeah. Um, cool. So they can take a look at that, but yeah, that's a really good one. I, that one's actually for people on the path to financial independence because it breaks mm-hmm. down, you know, how much money you have, how much money you're spending, how much yeah. money you're paying in taxes. Are you using your money optimally? When can you actually make work optional? And that's one of those apps where you plug in like your bank accounts and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and it kind of breaks it down. So it's not like, well, Chris, you know, I I have this much. And it's like no, it's like it's not words that you know human error that's coming up it's actual like numbers data real like real numbers yeah you can you that's the way that i recommend to my clients always mm-hmm. doing is they actually put the live feed in there okay. uh, but if you didn't want to some people are usually the older clients are kind of worried about yeah. well what about security breaches and stuff like that so they can go in there and manually do it it's just more work and i like to just take the work out yeah i get that uh speaking of clients quick plug Mons on well oh yeah for sure um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're like where, where do you go with this? this? Yeah, this. Um, yeah. I am a financial advisor, so if you guys ever need help or assistance, or just want to call and chat and get your situation reviewed, you can always contact me at Chris at Mons on Wealth, or you just go to Google, type in Mons on Wealth. You'll see a nice picture of me, and yeah, yeah, give me a chat. I'd be happy to talk with you. Awesome. But this leads us to the homework of the week. Ah, uh, uh, do, do you like homework? Oh no, I hated homework. I, homework was just eh, not good. Well, maybe not homework. Action step of the week. I like that. Anything that gets us closer to our goal. That's what I like. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about how important it is to track your money. Mm -hmm. So action step of the week, and this is going to be a multi-week process, is track your expenses for the next 30, but ideally 90 days. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That way you can see how much money is actually going out the door every month. You can do this in a myriad of different ways. If you want to, you can look at the statements of of your bank at the end of the month. You can download one of the apps like we talked about. It's as simple as going to the Google Play Store or to the App Store. Um, Apple App Store and then just downloading budget trackers. Uh, you can link up your bank accounts. Uh, I actually, I have a Google Doc that I yep. created for myself and my wife, but whatever works for you, works yeah. for you. I like to use Notion. Notion? Long. Yeah, well, it's, it's like what we're using for our podcast. It's like, uh, I'll use like the spreadsheets in there and like different things like that to track different expenses for like planning. It's cool because like, for me, uh, I'm actually planning to move pretty soon, about five months or so. Mm-hmm. So I have like everything from uh, like the moving page and then inside the page, it's like, okay, here's our expenses. Here's some stuff we'll have to buy. You know, here's like how we're going to organize funds. It's like, you know, when money comes in, how much money is allocated for what, you know? So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. It's like a, it's like a sketchbook on steroids, basically. Cool. Yeah. I like it. I'm such a nerd. Anyway. Yeah, what I mean it's always it's super important that as we're we're going through and doing this homework that we want to track literally every single dollar that is spent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for this is when we track every dollar, it's like creating a roadmap. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, you can't reach your destination if you don't even know where you're starting. Yeah. Like that age old saying, like, uh, if you don't know where you're going, every direction that you do go is the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, imagine if someone said like, oh yeah, my, my expenses are $2,000 or $1,000 and we yeah. were like, okay, well, we build a whole plan based off of that $1,000 and you were completely wrong. Yeah, you had no, you had no idea. Because you had no idea. So that this this is, out of all the course, this is the most labor intensive thing that I'm going to ask you to do. Yeah. And it, 
could be as labor intensive as legitimately tracking everything down with a paper and pen, or it could be as easy as downloading an app. And Dude, it is like guys, it is so simple. Just download. I mean, there's so many. What do you? What do you Rocket Money, uh, Mint. Yep. Mint is the one I use. I love it. Yeah, the Wine app is a good one, but that one's paid for. Okay. If you're looking for free, Mint is great. Uh, the Wine app. How do you spell that? Is uh, Y N A B. It stands for You Need a Budget. You need. You need a budget app. Okay. Very cool. Uh, so easy. Yeah, they're super easy. Uh, so easy. And then the, the next thing about that is all of the different trackers. Mm-hmm. None of them are perfect because they don't know how to categorize. True. Kind of have to manually. You're gonna have to manually do that. Bit. Yeah, a little bit. But they they do do their best. You know, they they see like, oh, you shopped at Albertsons or at Fry's or mm-hmm. grocery stores. Grocery stores. They'll yeah. put it into grocery store. Yeah. But that's really important. Is after we get through the thirty to ninety days of tracking, then we're actually able to see where is our money going. I remember back to the homework on the last assignment. It was see what you, write down all of your reasons, write down your whys, the things that bring you most joy. After you actually track your expenses, you can actually see: Am I spending my money? In the things that bring me joy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people will find is that they're spending a lot of money at like Target or doing things that bring them short-term happiness, but maybe buying a dress or a new pair of shoes Mm -hmm. or something that just brings momentary happiness. But Mm -hmm. Phi is that happiness that keeps on giving. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's no greater feeling than waking up and not having to go to your job. Mm -hmm. You know, unless you love your job, nothing wrong with that. You know, everybody loves their jobs every now and again, but it's so much nice. It's like the first day of vacation, you know, you like wake up, you're like, this is nice. I don't have to go to work today. Got no emails. This is great. And that's really the goal. Mm -hmm. At least that's, that's for, that's one of my goals, you know? Yeah. And then the goal would be after you have tracked your expenses and you categorized it, look for a section in there that you could reduce your expenses in mm-hmm. for something that isn't bringing you as much joy and say, well, how, can I, how can I start to reduce this amount? Pro tip, start with subscriptions. I guarantee you probably have one too many because I know, I know I had some subscriptions where I'm like, what, what is this? I got a subscription. This is, this is, this is why you got to like check your bank accounts and make sure like no one's not like messing with you. Mm-hmm. you. I bought a backpack uh, online and it came with a newsletter, but the backpack was $20 and the newsletter was $50 a month. And it was like, it made no sense. Total scamming. Really scamming. How did you buy that? Where'd you buy that? It was like on, it was like on, uh, it was like on, on TV. It was like one of those like uh, infomercial things. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was like late night purchase. Don't want to talk about it. Many years (laughs) ago before I became more financially uh, smart, not as, not as dumb now. It's okay. It's a journey. It's a journey, you know. I even I make mistakes. Well, you have to start from somewhere. And I was like looking at my bank, and I was like, "Where? The, I just I'm down like fifty dollars. I'm like, what is this charge?" And I called them. They're like, "Yeah, it's for the email newsletter." I'm like, "What? Ain't no newsletter worth fifty bucks?" I'm like, "Get out of here!" So I had to cancel it. So you got to stay on top of these people. Uh, people, people, people are sometimes disingenuous, and that's not good. Yeah, that's the nice thing is I, I like to. I mean, what I do, I do it manually um, mm-hmm. because that's just the way I've always done it. I like to see every single purchase, and it kind of hurts me a little bit more when I have to put down my credit card knowing that later on I'm gonna have to go back and actually track this. Yeah. Uh, Cause sometimes just making that little bit more barrier to, barrier to entries, make it a little bit more difficult will stop you a little bit more. A hundred percent. I'm curious to see how painful it would have been if instead of like credit cards didn't exist, we'll just figuratively, and it was just cash. Well, there are studies that show that people who spend in cash spend significantly less significantly. than people with 
credit cards because yeah. you actually feel the amount getting smaller. Yeah. Rather than you put down the card every time. Yeah, so I'll just tap it, bam. Yeah. Oh, I got tap it. it, nothing happened differently. Nothing happened. My life's continuing. It's just a on. number, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, that would be even more painful. Yep. So that's what I had to do for myself and I'll go through. But yeah, if anything ever comes on there weird, like my wife and I will be like, hey, did you buy this or mm -hmm. what's going on with this? So we've been able to actually identify when there was mistakes on the card mm -hmm. within a day. Love that. Rather than it being like months later and everyone's like, who bought this? What's this? Yeah, I hate that. Because mm -hmm. like when it shows up in like your uh, bank account, it'll be like from da 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 And you're like, what, what is this? It doesn't even, doesn't mm -hmm. even make any sense. Yeah, and then you click on it and it'll say like someplace in New York. And you're like, I don't know what this means. Yeah, exactly. And like the store was, it just, yeah. Anyway, tracking every dollar, very important. Definitely get an app. It would make your life so much easier if you are in the digital age. If you're not, you know, pen and paper is fine. Pen and paper is totally, totally fine. totally fine. But once we have how much money we are, once we're able to track how much money we're spending, mm -hmm. and now we should know how much money we're making a year, right? True. That's a very important number. Mm -hmm. Two of the most important numbers you should know. Yep. How much you're making, how much, how much you're spending. spending. And then after that, we can see how much are we saving. Yes. It's not about how much you make. It's about how much you save. And how much you keep. Yes. Yep. It's about how much you keep. So next segment is introducing the savings rate. I'm introducing the concept of savings rate. So again, savings rate is crucial for reaching FI. This is actually the driver mm -hmm. that gets us to our FI number. Yep. Without savings, we're never gonna be able to achieve financial independence because we're spending every single dollar that we make. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely important. It's it's one of the key pieces of the equation, mm -hmm. you know, when trying to reach your financial independence. It's, to understate it, it might be one of the most important things. Yeah, I always like to think of like, a, imagine like a bucket. Mm -hmm. And every week you get, uh, or every two weeks you get a cup mm -hmm. of, of money and you could put it into this bucket. So okay. if I got this full cup and I put it into the bucket, then it would fill the bucket up faster. But if I drank the entire cup of water, yep. there's nothing to go inside the bucket. No. But we have to fill up that bucket in order to achieve phi. So That's a great analogy. Thank you. I just came up with it as I, we were saying it. I love that. And I love the mug, too. If you guys can't see, it says, uh, I work hard so my dog can have a better life. And I put a I put an S on the back here because I have so many. Multiple doggos. <laughs> yep. I love it. I love it. So how can we calculate uh, the savings rate? Yeah. So again, it's, it's very easy. It's uh, with the equation. It's spend less, save more. So what it is, it's your annual income. Okay. Minus your annual expenses. Okay. Should be your savings rate. Okay. That's easy enough. It's, it's really simple. That's easy enough. Yep. Annual expenses means a lot of things. You know, that's your mortgage. That's even taxes, your debts. Yep. All of that stuff. That's all expenses. Yep. After those two things, you have your savings rate. And that money can be going into a savings account, a mm -hmm. high yield savings account, ideally, if that's the case. Yeah. But it should be going towards investments because the investments are the assets that are going to help to drive us to fi faster exactly with compounding interest and all that stuff compounding interest is the way it works so the you, sooner you, you love start, talking about oh, that. I love you it. love it yeah, i just haven't figured out a good way to explain it on yeah. a podcast yeah we're <laughs> we're gonna get there we're gonna get there i think it was like albert einstein said like compounding interest is one of like the greatest things in the world paraphrasing of course but yeah compounding interest is absolutely key mm -hmm. uh towards getting that and finding your you know your savings rate you know Income, expenses, that's what you have left over, that's what your savings is, uh, and putting a portion of that towards your future. Yeah, so let's, let's do a quick example for the audience, just try to make it a little bit easier. So let's say you make $60,000 a year as a quick calculation. Okay, get my calculator out. If you spend $50,000 a year between taxes, mm -hmm. paying for your rents, 
yeah. eating out all that stuff, then that means that your savings rate, 60,000 minus 50, $10,000. Yes. So your savings rate is 16.67%. So the 10%, okay, so, okay, so 10,000, that is 16%. Mm -hmm. 16 okay. point, yeah, so almost 17% okay. is going towards savings. That's a really healthy savings number. That's a good number? Mm -hmm. Good, 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 good. Could it be better? Yeah, here, here for Phi, mm -hmm. I, I usually try to shoot for a 50%. 50%. But I say you shoot high and if you come up short, yeah, we're still going great. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. That's absolutely true. Yeah, no, 16% is, it's solid. You know, that's solid. $10,000 savings on 60000 a year, that's pretty solid, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's doable. Yeah, I think that's doable. And we can, let's, let's talk a little bit more about some, some different ways of looking at that. Um, so we have a chart here that's in front of us. Uh, but if you save... 5% of your income and say your income never changes over the lifetime of you working. Okay. It's going to take you 66 years of working to be actually be able to have enough money to achieve financial independence. If you saved only 5% of your income, mm -hmm. it'll take you 66 years. That's and this is not including social security or anything like that because we've already talked about it. We, our, we can't, we can't. For that, our generation, we're, mm -hmm. we're going to be the first generation. I think that's going to have to figure this all out on our own. You know, I if we have Social Security, which I think we will have Social Security, but I think it's going to be dramatically cut. Yeah. No one has pensions anymore, so we're just going to have to figure it out on our own. But, you know, the old adage was save 10% of your income. Mm -hmm. And what that means is after 51 years, you should be technically able to retire because you mm -hmm. should ideally have 25 times your expenses given that you were actually investing the money. Yeah. But the higher the, the, higher the percentage that you could save and invest, the better. Yep. So at fifty at fifty percent of your income, that's actually seventeen years, which is still that's that's not that's still a long time. That's still a long time, but it's not like fifty years away. Well, imagine if we talk to somebody, someone whose listing is only twenty years old, and then from day one they don't let their lifestyle continue to increase. They try to really work on this. At thirty-seven years old, you can call yourself financially independent if you just save fifty percent of your income, and you're still young. Yeah. I mean, right now, um, we're expecting for retirement to just continue to increase and increase. Right now, it's average retirement age is 65. And it's going to go up. It's going to go up because sure. people are already outliving their money. Mm -hmm. So that's why we really need to be sure that we're good to go. And ideally, once you hit that financial independence number, you're not going to stop working. But you're going to be able to find things that you love and mm -hmm. be able to work on the things that you love. And shoot, most people end up actually making more money. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, that's a scary place to be where you outlive your money. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's like, you know, that 4% rule that we talked about earlier and like, you know, taking out 4% of your total expenses every year and having it still grow and whatnot is super important. You know, just because like, just because you become financially free doesn't mean that you have to stop working. You know, if you enjoy what you do and you want to continue stacking cash and that's part of your plan, you want to work towards 50, 50, 40, 50, 60, whatever, that's super cool. That, you know, we're just providing information that can help you on your journey, you know? Yeah, I mean, just think about it. R increasing your savings rate from 15% mm -hmm. to 20% mm -hmm. takes 11 or to, yeah, to, to yeah, 15% to 20 25%. Uh, reduces your time you have to live or time you have to work by nine years. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Time you have to live. It's time you have to, <laughs> time you have to work by nine years. Damn, get those numbers up, man. Yeah, just by 10% increase in savings rate, that's mm -hmm. nine years less of having to do what you don't love. Because mm -hmm. once you achieve five, then you a lot of people gain the confidence to actually go out and do things 
mm-hmm. that they couldn't do without it. Yeah. You know, travel the country, travel the world, do what you want. Live on a beach, whatever you want. I love that. Um, so getting back to uh, number, we're actually on segment number nine already. Wow, we, without, time flies when you're having fun. Time flies when you're having fun. Yep, yep. Damn, coming to the end. Yeah, but you know, just talking, again, we're just going to do a quick recap with an example. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're talking about is making sure that we actually know our numbers. Mm-hmm. So number one is tracking our expenses. We talked about it so many different times, but challenge of the week is go ahead and try to track your expenses for the next 30, ideally 90 days. Yep. And after that, categorize what that money is going towards. See if it's actually in line with the first homework assignment, or the first challenge, which was, am I spending my money in the things that actually bring me joy? Mm-hmm. After that, we're going to go ahead and try to see what of the money that I'm spending in, can I reduce? What things are not bringing me enough joy? How can mm-hmm. I reduce spending that money so I can move that money from there to the savings rate? Absolutely. Absolutely. The more that we save, the faster we're going to be able to achieve that financial independence number. Yeah, and speed is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I think it's very easy to put off things you should do because you're. You know, I might not be knowledgeable enough about it. I might be scared. You might be in a position where, you know, you don't want to check your bank account. You know, because you're afraid to see what's in there. You know, you don't want to see how high the credit card bill is or how low the checking is or the savings is, you know. Mm -hmm. But only you can take control of your destiny and nothing changes if nothing changes, you know. So you got to take control. Well, let's run a quick quick scenario just for the the listeners so they might be able to understand. Dominic, how much do you think you need to retire? It's definitely over a million these days. It's definitely over a million. Okay. What was it, five million? Five million. You think okay. So you think if I give you five million dollars today, you would you'd be like, I'm not going to work anymore. Put. Well, let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. This is this is this is tough because I know Chris and I, we could just live like Spartans. We could. We could, we don't. I don't need five million. I could. We could do a million. We could do a million. That'd be easy, you know. But you know, I'd like to have a family one day. <laughs> I like to have you know, a wife, a dog, maybe two dogs. You know, maybe go to Mexico, get pulled over by the police. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I got. I want to get stories too. Um, but yeah, we could we could make it simple. Keep it at a million, or we could do two. We just say two million. Whatever you want. Two million. We'll say two million to get it. Keep it simple. So if you, so, you need two million dollars to retire. Sure. Okay. What do you think you're right now? I, I know that you've actually done the homework assignment. So what are your annual expenses? My annual expenses are low. They're very low. So for me, so for me in my situation, I don't pay rent right now. Okay. I don't pay groceries. Okay. I don't pay electricity. Okay. So my expenses are very, 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 very low. So all I have to pay is like subscription, gym, uh, investing. That's basically it. So and the, the investing actually isn't an expense. That's part of the that's savings. That's true. Rate. That's yeah. very true. That's part of the that's, savings, right? That's very true. Okay. So maybe that's not a great example. No, I'm, Let's a, go I'm a terrible example. I'm kind of a little bit abnormal in that aspect. I know a lot of people have rent and all that fun stuff. So let's just say for an average person. For an average Joe. Average Joe, it's, I would say forty to $60,000 is a good amount of expenses. Mm-hmm. So this is going on the lower end. We'll say $40,000. Easy enough. Now, when I asked you how much money do you need to retire, a lot of people, and most people do the same thing. They'll throw up $5 million, $10 million. Just a blanket number. A blanket number. Total shot in the dark. Yep. And then, unfortunately, when they go to investment or retirement calculators, they'll also ask that same question. How much money do I need to retire? Mm -hmm. But those calculations are fundamentally flawed Mm -hmm. because they're going to ask you how much money do you bring in. Yep. And then they're going to basically assume that you're spending all of that money. Savings rate doesn't even really. Doesn't factor. Doesn't even factor in. No factor what's that's the most important part yeah so if we say we you make forty thousand dollars a year 40 times 25 
Okay. Uh, 25 reaches us to the 4% rule. So mm -hmm. 40 times 25 is $1 million. Okay. So if you have annual expenses of $40 million, once you reach a million dollars in assets that are producing income to you, mm -hmm. or are, aren't even producing income, maybe there's stocks that are appreciating, mm -hmm. you can still sell 4% of that a year and still make your $40,000 to be able to fund the cost of your life. And I think one thing that's super important uh, for everyone to like wrap their head around, it's not just a million dollars in a bank account that you're just, oh, no. every year you're just withdrawing, withdrawing 40,000 because eventually it's going to run out. Well, maybe if the bank account was paying like a huge, huge return. Yeah. Like back in the, back in the seventies. Seventies, they were really getting like crazy, yeah, like 17%. Uh, yeah. They're like seven, eight, 9% interest rates. Crazy stuff. You know, but that's not, the, that's not the, that's not the picture today. Yep. Uh, so it's not like it's just like cash sing, sitting in an account. No, it's cash sitting in an investment vehicle that is, you know, continuously going up. Maybe we should talk a little bit about the difference between assets and liabilities. I would love that. Okay. Do you want to do that right, right now or do another podcast? Let's do it on another podcast. But just as a quick, what's, what the big thing that we're trying to do is with our money, we want to purchase assets. Mm -hmm. Assets are things that put money in our pockets. Correct. Liabilities are things that take money out of our pockets. So these clothes that I'm buying, these clothes that I'm wearing, this, these, mm -hmm. these laptops, the desk, the house that I live in, these are all liabilities. Mm -hmm. They don't take, they don't give me money. Now, eventually some people, and this is where I disagree with a lot of advisors. Mm -hmm. Some advisors say that your house is an asset. It is an asset once you start making money off of it. Exactly. But until that point, if you're just living in it, it's a liability. It's a liability. Because it's taking money out of your accounts. Mm -hmm. It costs you money. But if you wanted to maybe do a house hack where you mm -hmm. live in the house and then you have someone else also live in the house and they're paying you rent and the rent actually is covering the mortgage, now you have an asset. Exactly. But a car is a car, a car is, is not, definitely yeah, not cars not assets. Car is a liability. And that's where what now I'm curious to see your point on this. A paid off car. Still a liability. Still a liability because it doesn't bring in money. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Now, if you purchase the vehicle mm -hmm. with with the knowledge that it will be able to appreciate, you can sell it for more. Classic car. Classic car. Like then that is an asset. Mm -hmm. And that's the that's the difficult part that the things can wax and wane. Mm -hmm. You know, investments are when you, when you purchase them, are you assuming that they will go up in value so that you can sell them for more? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's the that's simple as that. asset. Asset puts money in your pocket. Liability takes money out of your pocket. Mm -hmm. yeah. And what we're trying to do is increase how many assets we purchase with our savings mm -hmm. rate. Yes. That's what's gonna get us to fly faster. The mm -hmm. earlier we start to do this, the faster we're gonna be able to do it because we have the power of compounding behind us. Or if we're really late in this journey of life, we're trying to figure it out now, then we're going to need to increase the savings rate so that we can get to our fine number mm -hmm. before ideally reach the age of 65. Because you know, I have a lot of clients that are older and they wanna be able to retire. And yeah, I want them to be able to retire too. Yeah, everybody deserves to retire. Everyone. Everyone deserves to retire. So getting on to segment number 10 of today's podcast, the win of the week. Win of the week. Win of the week. Let's go. I don't have a win of the week, but my good man Chris over here has a great win of the week. I do have a good win of the week. So my win of the week uh, is kind of actually in line with what we've been talking about with savings mm -hmm. rate and keeping everything done. Um, my wife and I, we actually just paid off her car. Um, I know that some advisors, they say, don't buy new cars, always buy used cars. Mm -hmm. Everyone's different. Do what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife and I, we purchase brand new cars off the lot, uh, but we run them pretty much forever. Mm 
So I remember when I was working at my last office where we where we first met, yeah. there was a client of there was a client who came in and said, "Oh, that must be your Corvette out there, isn't it?" I, I think like, I I think I said that. Oh yeah, he's like, well, that was, that was me. "That's probably your Corvette out there because you're like a finance guy." Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "No, that's not. No, I don't. I don't drive a Corvette." And he was like, "Well, what do you drive?" I'm like, "I drive a 2015 Toyota Tacoma." Yeah. Uh, and he goes, "Oh, well, that's not really what finance people drive." And yeah, was, it's not what I put a picture. And I was like, "Well." For me, it's it's a good car. I when I purchased it, I was everything that I wanted. I could get my surfboards from my house to to the beach, mm-hmm. um, and it was a car that I knew I wouldn't have to break down because uh, before that I had a '93 Jeep Wrangler YJ. Okay, I and see it, you. And it broke down every single weekend. So when I was moving uh, from San Diego to my next location, I, the big thing was like I need to have a car that is reliable. So for that point, it was I'm gonna purchase a brand new car and I'm just gonna run it till it dies. Yeah, <laughs> there you go, there you go. And honestly, Toyota can't pick a better car. No, that literally. It's funny that you say that. I, I, I'm gonna eat my words real quick. I literally started up my mom's Corolla yesterday and it didn't start. Oh no! So first time ever, I think I've ever seen a Toyota not start. Very bizarre. I think the battery just died, but mm. I mean, I've been away for like two weeks, so it's know. been two weeks. And while you were gone, Arizona is really hot, so it, exactly. just, it kills the battery. Exactly. But like you're saying, yeah. Back to the one of the week. Uh, so yeah, we paid off my wife's car. So our her car payment was two hundred twenty-two dollars a month mm-hmm. over a year. So twenty-two. Um, it was. $2,664. A year? Yep. Okay. $2,664. But what this means is now that we paid off the car, mm-hmm. given that we don't go and add another car in or find another place to, to pick that $222 a month, if we actually add it to our investments mm-hmm. and we're trying to help and grow our assets, we have actually been able to reduce our combined fine number by $66,600. And that is because you have the yearly expense, 2000 664 mm-hmm. multiplied by 25, mm-hmm. right? And that number comes out to 66,600. 600. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a weird number. I don't know about it. I don't know if I like that number. Um, and you've reduced that from your total number of your phi number, basically. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. That's huge. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. That's awesome. It's $66,000. That, that's, that's someone's normal annual income. Yeah. So I've just taken off a whole year. If that doesn't make sense to you guys, please let us know in the comments. Chris and I talked about this for like 15 minutes. We're like trying to understand how we can explain this. And if you guys don't get it, we'll definitely explain the rule of 25. Uh, or do they call it the rule of 25? It's know? the 4% rule. 4% rule. But, the, but they both work together for you to understand them. Okay. Because Yeah. Like the 4% takes away. Yep. 25 calculates your expenses. Yep. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. I'm curious. Um, Something my mom used to always do and say, whenever she'd get a raise, rather than uh, take the money, she would the the difference in the raise, she would just put more into like investments and stuff like that. Are you gonna now? What are you gonna do with the two hundred and twenty-two dollars? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start putting it back into back into investing. Love it. Yep. So I'm just gonna straight up invest it. That's about as useful as you can get. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like I talk, you know, the, the, the big thing about like financial planning is life changes. Life is always uncertain and where you might have the perfect financial plan, but things are going to change with just the vicissitudes of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now we've been spending a lot of our money and just traveling and having fun before we decide to have, start the family and everything. Um, so that extra $222 is going to go back into the investing where it normally used to be because mm-hmm. right now our savings rate is substantially lower than it 
historically has been. Historically, we've always been at like a 50% savings rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it's substantially lower because we're trying to have as much fun as we can. But also, I've given my, we've opened ourselves up to the opportunity by working hard when we were younger to be able to take a step back from savings for a little bit of time. Yeah. Knowing that we can always go back to it. That's awesome. What a beautiful season you're in. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And if your life was a movie, I'd watch it. Uh, probably you know, pretty boring for most of the time. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Jiu-jitsu in the morning, little little podcast in the midday, play with the dogs at night. Yeah, um, but I, I think a lot of people they always try to focus on getting to the next stage of their life, and they don't mm-hmm. vote, they don't like sit there to appreciate what stage they're in. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's always a balance of life, right? There's how much money you have, how much time you have, yep. and what your body can handle. Yeah. When you're young, you your body can handle a lot, and you have a lot of time, but you don't have money. Right now in the stage that I'm kind of in, my body can handle things. I have money yeah. and I have time. And you have time. But I know once I have a kid, I'm going to lose the time. Mm-hmm. I'll have the money and the body. So why not be able to go and right now I'm in this stage of life. I should really enjoy it. Oh, that's exciting. That's awesome. Well, to summarize the main points that we talked about on this episode, the significance of the 4% rule mm-hmm. and understanding your annual expenses as well as knowing your savings rate. Very important. Yep. Do you want to go for the next one? Yeah. So again, um, your assignment for this week or, you know, the the action step is to start tracking your expenses for the next 30 days, ideally actually 90 days. And then after that, go ahead and categorize or as you're doing it, categorize. um, And then after that, we're going to look and see what can we do to reduce one section of this. Maybe it's eating out. Um, For me, that was one of my biggest ones. I spent too much money on food. (laughs) So I had to go ahead and just start saying, I'm going to start making food at home. And then I actually started getting into meal prepping every Sunday. That's fun. It was so much easier. So much easier. Yeah. I got a recipe. Well, I don't have a recipe, but I tried overnight oats. You ever tried that? No. Oh my God. It's, it's like, oh my God. I'm not a, I'm not an oatmeal guy, but for meal prep, it's amazing. Okay. okay. Five guys cooking show coming soon. I don't know. My, my biggest thing was I would go, I'd go to, I'd go to Costco. I would get a rotisserie chicken. Then I would go home and make a, this is what I did in college, make a buttload of rice. Mm-hmm. And then I would cut, shred the chicken with my hands throw it inside the rice, throw some soy sauce, and then I basically make a bunch of chicken fried rice that I have for the week. And then uh, maybe I'd buy an extra chicken and throw it on top of there. And then that was pretty much what I eat. It was just chicken fried rice and I chicken. It. I love it. Like all week. God, such a that's like a dude thing, you it was, know? It was easy. It's just like a spark. Like, I don't know, it's just like a dude thing. I love it. Yeah. I love that. But guys, uh, please continue to listen, subscribe. Uh, on We're on all major podcast yeah. platforms. Um, I, Instagram, Spotify, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter, or now from now X. Now X. That's confusing. (laughs) We're getting, we're getting, we're we're growing slowly. Um, So yeah, please subscribe to the channel, like, comment, do all that stuff. And if you guys have anything that you want us to talk about, we're going to be introducing new sections in Mm -hmm. or new segments um, more and more to really get back to the community and answer your guys' questions. So that's what we're here for. Tune in for the next episode. We're going to move on to the next step on our crash course to FI. I love it. Alrighty, guys. See ya. Later.